0: It is another waiting for next year podcast, specifically the WFY cast. We're back another week talking NBA draft once again, like usual. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and the WFY broadcast or the WFY podcast is always brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network. Josh Paloja, I'm your host as usual, and with me, like every other week and every week during the cap season, Seth Wanamaker. Seth, you have a busy life going on. I don't know how much you want to make public, but you have a busy life going on. I'm glad you came on here to talk CAS and NBA draft, but how are things going?
1: Yeah, going great. I get nice reprieve, be able to talk a little bit of NBA draft, NBA finals, got some work changes ahead. So very excited about the future, but couldn't wait to to take an hour and, and talk NBA draft, man. This is, we didn't think we'd be here a couple months ago. We did not think we'd be drafted in the lottery. So it's bittersweet, but now that we're here, I'm ready to dive into these kids, man. It's exciting.
0: It is. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, what would we be talking about right now if the Cavs made the playoffs? Obviously, they weren't going to make the NBA Finals, let's be honest. But I guess the NBA NBA draft, they still would have had two picks in the second round. But still, I guess it's, it's, like you said, it's fun to, like, dive in on these kids and just, like, realize that at number 14, the Cavs could get someone that can... One, either be an immediate contributor, and two, possibly fill a hole that the Cavs badly need, whether it's backup point guard, a wing that can shoot and or shot create, a backup big. I don't know. Let's just get into it fresh. I, I can't even talk. You can tell it's been a couple weeks. But yeah, let's just get into it. Let's. I guess we'll get into our me and you both made a top 10 big board of guys that will potentially be there when the Cavs draft at number 14. I guess you go first and we'll go back and forth with our uh, top 10 guys.
1: Love it. Yep. And I think the one thing about drafting at 14, like all these guys are going to have something like some flaw, right? The Cavs don't have a a number two or number three pick. So it's a little different, you know, with the, the core that the Cavaliers have now, Darius Garland was picked at five, Evan Mobley picked at three, Sexton at eight. Um, This, this like tier of guys is a little different. There's going to be some great stuff. There's going to be some bad stuff. That's just what happens when you're drafting in the middle. And I call this like, and we're in like Pacer land. This is where the Pacers draft every single year. So we're in Pacer land. And I would love to go through. So Josh and I tried to do our best to assume who might be gone. You know, we're, we're listening to the experts. Uh, We're, we're, we're looking at, you know, the mocks, all that good stuff. So the first guy who I think may be a shot um, I'm assuming he's likely going to be gone, but this is kind of the start of it is AJ Griffin from Duke, the freshman, six, six from everything you watch and read. You know, he, he was, he did have some disappearance acts over this year. He had some knee injury, but, He's the wing. Like, he's the prototypical guy you want on the floor. 6'6", six, six, can absolutely shoot it. So, I don't think he's going to be there, but that's kind of where my bar starts. A.J. Griffin would be my first guy. would love the Cavaliers to get, and I think there's a slight chance he could be there based off of some of the knee and ankle injuries he had over this year. That is
0: awesome, my number one guy. Uh, there's two things. One, he early on, he was an easy top-ten pick in almost every mock draft. But it's the injuries that Seth talked about, and he supposedly has been a little bit out of shape. I don't really know how true that is. I don't know if they're false, if they're just rumors, What? but hey, if being out of shape caused him to fall to the Cavs at 14, I'm all for that. I Like Seth said, A.J. Griffin, the prototypical wing that the Cavs badly need, he's not the greatest shot creator, but he is a shot maker. He shot 45% from three at Duke. He is well above everyone else on my big board right now. And before we go any further, I just want to make note. I know Seth said this as well. The guys that we're basically expecting to go top 10 or somewhere around there are Jabari Smith Jr., Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bancaro, jay Ivey, Keegan, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, Ben and Ben Mathurin. So those are the top eight. After that, I mean, I know a lot of draft people have said this too. After the top eight. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? I mean, there could be a guy that can go nine, or he can fall the freaking 18 or 19. That's why I think the Cavs are – honestly, we can discuss this more after we do our big boards. The Cavs are in a really good spot just because there's so many guys that can go from nine to 20, and the Cavs are right in the middle of that, 14. So I just hope – I know we always say this, and I'll say it multiple times tonight probably, but I trust Kobe and I trust the staff and just know that they'll make the right pick. But yeah, so both of us have AJ Griffin, number one. Number two, some people might call me a homer because I'm an Ohio State Buckeye alum. Malachi Branham. He's not the greatest defensively, but he has one, he's super young. A St. V., he went, he's from Columbus, went to St. V. His wingspan is incredible for, uh, I don't even know his exact height, to be honest. Let's see. Ma- Malachi Branham is. Six, five and a half. I think his wingspans is like 6'11 or something crazy. So he might not play much defense. At least he didn't during his one lone year at Ohio State. But his the way he is offensively, and I think he can learn. I'd rather have someone that can play offense and learn defense than the opposite. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, you've got to have the traits to start. It, it's like you 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 have to at least have the sculptability to get there. So yeah, I can't hate on the pick. Like you, you know, we we uh, Josh and I got to see this kid a lot this year. If you followed any Ohio State basketball, and there was no doubt he was the best player on the court. You know, as a freshman uh, for the majority of the season, him and him and Liddell. So yeah, it was a, it was a heck of a heck of a season. Um, that's quite a bit earlier than I have him, but you know I'm not going to argue with any player who's going to create offense in this draft. The Cavs so desperately need offense. And that's what Brandon's going to do, uh, you know, proposes to do at the next level. So I, you know, I'm not going to hate on any pick that brings any type of offense to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, at number two, I picked Johnny Davis. So six, five shooting guard from Wisconsin. Um, he is a kid who he was one of the best players in college basketball last year. Um, all American type uh, slasher. I mean, he's just he's he plays bigger than his six five. He, he can you know draws a lot of contact. He was over six free throws per game last season, shooting free throws almost eighty percent. So he's a kid that's just going to get into it. The knock on him, I think at this point, is probably he's not like a dead eye shooter. He's he's more of that slasher going to draw contact. Uh, but like I was just saying about um, about Branham. The Cavs could have used a guy who could get their own shot, and that's Davis. Great leadership. People love him. Um, he, he's very highly respected. Anything you read about him, uh, ultimate competitor. Guys love him. And, yeah, I think he was he was very clearly a top five or ten player in all of college basketball last year. So 6'5 shooting guard. Cavs have a couple of those. We don't know who's going to be with the team <laughs> next year a to six, start. 6'5
0: shooting guard. That's a good slasher and can't shoot. Hmm, <laughs> interesting. Interesting.
1: Interesting. <laughs> He may he may be a little bit more upside offensively than someone else you're thinking of but we'll see. So that is my pick number 2, Johnny Davis. Kind of sounds like a football guy. He goes to Wisconsin. Johnny Davis kind of sounds like a fullback. Maybe that's why I'm I'm into it too.
0: Wait, and Johnny Davis, he does sound like a he sounds like a really good <laughs> running back.
1: Yeah, he does. Yep. A 2000-yard Wisconsin running back. But yeah, Johnny Davis. Perfect.
0: <laughs> all right. Now, since I went first with my second bat, you go first with your third guy.
1: Perfect. So third guy, um, this guy's all over the place. I personally am a big fan because of where the Cavs are at. I think Cavs are very fortunate to have a lottery pick. I know the difference between a lottery is only one pick, 14 to 15. However, I don't think the Cavs are going to be drafting this high for the next few years. So I'm more than okay with them taking a big swing and big swing in this draft at 14 probably means someone like Uzman Jang, if he's there. So Uzman Jang, he played with the New Zealand breakers as an 18 year old. He just turned 19 in this past May. He's a 6'9, 6'10 kid. He probably doesn't want to grow anymore. Like he is a big guy. Um, he's very skinny um doesn't play with any sort of size. It makes him look smaller out there. He's very frail. Like his his YouTube clips are they're like eye-opening. What he can do at his size as a 18-year-old at the time against grown men, you know, in that in the in that league, um his passing. That that's really like that's his trait. His playmaking and passing. Um, he had a tough go. He didn't have great numbers. He averaged like eight points per game, a couple rebounds. He didn't draw a lot of contact. Um, he needs to get a lot bigger, a lot stronger. But if you think about a kid who might be the one of the best players out of the class in in three to five years, I think what some of the NBA experts are talking about is this kid who again is on the wing elite passing trade already now if he can grow get stronger develop a consistent shot could very easily be one of the best players in the draft and i love big playmakers man 69 610 give me that forward who can create you know um you know kind of out on the wing i think cavs obviously need it i'll stop saying it but it it's just so evident so usman jang number 3 the cavs like i think i've said it you
0: said it multiple times already The Cavs need a win that can either shoot or shot create and, and put lightly play defense. I mean, if we were doing power rankings of what the Cavs need at win, I'd say shooting number one shot, creating number two defense number three. And I mean, the more of those three traits that they have, the better, but I mean, like we've said already too, I've said, we've said a lot already and we are only 10 minutes into this podcast, but at number 14 you're not going to get a, a perfect prospect you're not there's a very good chance you're not going to get a guy that has all three of those traits so you're just hoping for at least two of those and then hope for the best and hope for development but i have a different guy at number three my my third prospect in this one is jalen williams santa clara forward i know uh i can't think of her name i'm completely drawing a blank on her name she was on the chase down podcast with uh justin and carter a few weeks ago kristen peak from yahoo sports that's who it was kristen peak she said that um Jaylen williams wowed a lot of people at the nba draft combine i think he's a prospect that literally if it wasn't for the combine he'd be like in the t- 20s now he's probably gonna go easily top 15. i don't know santa Clara. you can say it's a small school but there's just something about a guy i i mean even you said a shot creator He's six five, three three quarters inches. 21 year old will be close to the, uh, he's 21.2 years old. So he'll be close to, like 21 and a half by the time the season goes. I don't know. I I don't know, like we've both said, we I don't know much about these prospects other than watching a few highlights. But just what I've seen from Jalen Williams and the fact that he dominated the draft combine like he did, I think that just says a lot, especially given, I mean, you can say at Santa Clara, he probably didn't play against that many good opponents, at least NBA draft-worthy um, guys. But I don't, there's just something about Jalen Williams that just like, I want that guy. I don't know. I guess, like, I don't know what it is about him. But I would be perfectly fine with them taking a guy like Jalen Williams, who can get 18 points a night and has basically he's shot around three threes throughout his three years three three threes per game throughout his three years at uh santa clara and his three point percentage went up from 35 to 39.6 so he's basically a 40 percent three shooter he can shot create he has the length that's it that's it for me but Jalen Williams, my third prospect there
1: it's a great segue because my number four pick, Jalen Williams. So I I won't beat a dead horse. Seven two wingspan. That's just outrageous for a, a that guy that is incredible by the way for being six five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Holy, and he's a great shooter. So who's a great shooter with a seven two wingspan? You know, if you're building a player in two K, the longer God, that man, wingspan is, yeah the longer that wingspan is the worse the shot gets that's just physics that's just law like that's just what happens when you have longer arms it's harder to have a consistent shot not Jalen, kevin durant but i'll i'll stop interrupting <laughs> you yeah that's right um in fun fun little tidbit i i saw when when looking up Jalen, watching some video and then a, a write-up on him after the season he rated 97th percentile in terms of spot-up shooter so when you have Darius Garland orchestrating the offense, you're going to find yourself with some open threes. Um, multiple players found that this year with Ricky Rubio or Darius Garland, you know, setting them up. So need guys that can knock it down. Jalen Williams should be one of those guys who can knock down a shot. A lot of these other guys we're talking about the knock on them is the shot like, eh. Basically, every other player we're going to talk about is not a great shooter. That's not Jalen Williams. As you said, he's got to prove it um, against good competition, great competition. So I th- that's why I think some of these workouts are fascinating. You know, get some of these top 20, top 30 guys in there, see see who uh, who looks best. But, yeah, number four, Jalen Williams. And then, Josh, I'll kick it back over to you for, I believe, your fourth. Man, so I like how we're – that's the closest one we've
0: had, I think. so. Uh, yeah, that's the closest one, Jalen Williams, three and four. My fourth now, Dalen Terry from Arizona. His stats, when you jump, when you looked at just his stat sheet, they certainly don't jump out at you. He averages just eight points a game, four and four assists a game at Arizona as a sophomore this past season. Thirty six percent shooter, two sh- two threes a game. But he's another one like Jalen Williams. He has jumped up draft boards in the last couple months. Like I said, his stats aren't going to like jump out at you like, wow, you're really taking a guy at 14 that couldn't even average 10 points a game in college. But I, if he's jumping up draft boards and getting like much more talk and hype from actual guys that study the draft and are draft experts that do this as a full time job, count me in. I don't care. I mean, there's, I can watch an hour of tape on him. They've, these experts have done a lot more than that. So the fact that he's jumping up draft boards, I feel like he's more of a project maybe than an immediate contributor. I know you had one of those on your list already, but count me in on Jalen Terry.
1: Yep. Love it. He's definitely going to make his way um, on my list here upcoming soon. My, my number five is Ty Ty Washington. And granted this pick, Maybe because we saw Darius Garland get ran to the ground, and we had to hurt Rajon Rondo and Brandon Goodwin try to you know try to keep the Cavs playoff chances alive last oh, year. God, don't remind me, please. <laughs> Those were tough times, weren't they? <laughs> so maybe that's why I snuck tie in the top five here. I just think you know the so you know his game. I got to watch a, a few Kentucky games last year. He's not the he's not like the hyper athletic guy. He's pretty you know he plays within his shoes as like a lame old coach would say plays within his shoes he's not crazy athleticism he's not jumping out of gym but he just like does the right stuff and for a backup point guard you know if you're drafting uh if you're drafting Ty Ty Washington he's obviously going to be a backup to Darius Garland for the next four or five years that's what you want is just someone steady so based off of the backup point guard woes that the Cavs had last year Um, I I think they could use a a guy who's steady, but a young guy, like, you know, the, the Rondo and, and even the Rubio to a degree, he's getting older. I would love to plug that backup point guard role with, with a solidified guy who can get in and learn like someone you can invest in versus these one year guys. Um, I understand that's where they're at. They're going to have a lot of money invested in the point guard position once Darius signs his extension. So that's probably the way they're going to go is like on the cheap. But, um, yeah, I I would just love to see a young guy get to learn from Darius. Darius is going to be going into his fourth year, so he's getting in that veteran status. So I would love to see a nice, solid backup point guard. 6'3", 6'8", wingspan. There's, There's definitely some stuff to like, even though he's not a freak athlete.
0: Sorry, I was on another. I went hit M and it didn't work. Uh, I, I, I like Ty Ty. I really tie, I need to say Ty Ty Washington. If I just say Ty Ty, it sounds like I'm talking about like a three year old. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't know if a backup point guard and a guy whose ceiling will be backup point guard because you know, I mean, all the talk around Colin Sexton, you know, he's never going to start shooting guard given his height. I just don't know if picking a guy at number 14 is worth investing in the guy in like a position that if he is really good, he won't be on a team in three or four years because he'll be going elsewhere with money. And if he's like, I I don't know, I guess it's, I, like I said, I like Ty tie, but I don't know if picking the guy at number 14 is worth it for a backup point guard when the market, I mean, Ricky Rubio, Mike Conley, I know we discussed Mike Conley and Rick Rubio uh, last or two weeks ago on our last podcast. But yeah, like I said, I like Ty Ty, but the reason I don't have him on my big board is just because I don't, I'm I'm scared to invest a 14th pick in a guy whose ceiling is backup point guard on the Cavs. Does that make sense?
1: Completely. I, I think you walk away, it's almost like drafting a guard in the first round, it's like, man, he better be good if we're, if we're going to pick him. right? Yeah. It's, you're not getting your, you're not getting your wide receiver or left tackle, but yeah, I completely understand where you're going to there.
0: Don't you dare hit on Joe Thomas like that. <laughs> wait, no, you said, or left tackle. Okay. never mind. I totally yeah. just, all right. I, I'm, I'm out of it. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with me right now. So you wait, who did you just go with? And oh, now I'm, yes, yeah, so I, oh, I had high, tie high tie at five. Yep. So you, I, you had Johnny Davis at two. I have Johnny Davis at number five. He, like I mean, Seth already discussed him. Good shot creator. He averaged almost twenty points a game with Wisconsin. He was the go-to guy for the Badgers. Just that I'm perfectly fine with if the if he drops at the Cavs, perfectly fine with that. I know he what he was like a conscientious top ten pick. Now as the draft gets closer, it seems like he's dropping a little bit. I don't really know why he doesn't. The thing that scares me the most, I mean, he has the length. He has the scoring ability. He has the shot creating ability. The thing that scares me, like a lot of these prospects that three point shot or lack thereof. Do the Cavs need another win that can't shoot the three ball? I don't know. I don't know. That's so. I'm like I said, he's number five, so I'm perfectly fine with drafting him. But the thing that scares me the most of trying Davis, which is why he drafted number five for me, is his three point shot.
1: Yeah, when you look at that Cavs roster, you, I mean, you've got Dylan Windler, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, Isaac Okoro. Those are four guys who are not lockdown. You know, drop in shooters. So it, I can't disagree with you one bit. It'll be interesting to see if his athleticism you know, makes up for some of that or, or maybe it won't. It'll, it'll be interesting. Um, six, I'll go kind of speed here. You already talked about him, Branham. I had, you know, like, like I already said, three level score, not the most explosive athlete probably isn't going to help you on defense at least early on, but Cavs need scoring. So Branham would be six. And then Josh, I'll kick it over to you. I, it, and I apologize if I slandered your Buckeye there. I know you're in alum.
0: So. No, you're good. <laughs> I laughed because Jeff nomina who is, Sports Nam, who used to be on Twitter, who's not on Twitter anymore, just texted me and said, I logged in just to hear your OSU homerism. Gosh, Janet, Well, you got, it, you early. You got it early. got
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he said, yeah, and my guy, Dalen Terry. So he's also a Dalen Terry fan, so I'm all for that. Nam might not know much, but he knows a lot about basketball. Yes, Nam, I hope you're listening, and I hope I get a text about that, because I always have to hit on you no matter what. Uh, number six. You have, man, Malachi, I and I guess we're just going back and forth now because you've already mentioned this guy, too. Usman Jane, right? Is that how you pronounce it? I I struggle with that name.
1: Yeah, Usman Usman Jang. Yep. Okay.
0: Seth already talked about him. He's more of like a high ceiling guy that is, I wouldn't call him necessarily a project, but he's much more of a raw prospect than the, the other guys that have been mentioned so far. But hey, I I know Chris Feudor mentioned it on uh the, the Chase Down podcast with Justin Rowan. And by the way, if you guys don't listen to Chase Down, please do. Justin and, and Carter are great dudes. They have great guests on all the time. Something that we'll hopefully have soon. I promise we'll have some guests on soon. But Feudor said that the Cavs feel like they're in a position this year because they will not have they they're hope they hopefully will not have a lottery pick for four or five years, hopefully. So they're in a position now where they'd rather take a guy, they'd rather "quote unquote" hit a home run, and they'd rather take a guy with a higher upside than a lower floor. And I think Jane fits that mold. He's not—he's not a guy that might immediately contribute, but like Seth already said earlier in this podcast, he might have had one of the highest ceilings of the guys that have been mentioned so far. And there's I we can talk about this later in the podcast too something there's needs to be something said about guys that come from overseas because without looking back top 20 picks that have come from overseas that like aren't like uh draft and stash guys like the christian youngas of the world they play against grown men they don't play against college 18 through 22 year olds so there's something that needs to be said about that too so i He's not as high on my list as Seth's, but Jane is my uh, number six guy.
1: I can't believe you just dropped Skyanga on the pot. That was unbelievable.
0: That was the is that bad that that was the first thing that caught like came out to me as a draft and stash guy. Not
1: at all. Who he was the be- other?
0: Wait, hold on. Who was the other Kev? Oh, Sir Serge, Sergei Sergey Karasev. Is that? Am I pronouncing that right? Supposed was to be an another hap- draft and stash guy.
1: Supposed to be deadly from three. Yep. Yeah. We saw how that works out. And maybe, can I can I sprinkle in a Yuri Welch too? I think he might have. He, I think he might have been stashed for a year. That sounds or two. like a tennis. That sounds like a really good tennis player. Like yeah. if you said, does that guy plays tennis or basketball? I
0: one hundred times out of one hundred say tennis. Yeah,
1: Yuri Welch did not live up to uh, to his draft profile. I don't think. Um, all right, back on track. Apology, Skyanga got my brain somewhere else. So back to number seven, Jeremy Sohan. So. I've been coming around on this guy. I think the last thing the Cavaliers need would be an is cooler, yeah, cooler hair. Yeah, his cooler hair. A guy from London, which is pretty sweet, a little more culture for the boys. Um, but, but I mean, he he's just a defensive juggernaut. Like, this is the kind of guy, consensus is he can guard one through five, probably two through five, to be fair. Um, elite defensive player from Baylor, 6'9", nine, lean. Um, He kind of looks like Kelly Oubre body wise. He's a little he's a little slight, but he, he just like twitch like fast. He just plays fast. He can finish. He's just not going to give you a ton on offense. And the Cavs, arguably not arguably, they do have two of the best defensive big guys in the league. So it's adding to strength. It's like you got you know, two of the best running, it'd be like the Browns drafting a running back in the second round. Should they? I i don't know. I'm not sure about that, but why if not? He's a, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Raymond Felton next up. But yeah, if, if he's a generational defensive talent and he falls to you at 14, cause some players don't want to, I'm sorry. Some teams don't want to get him. You got to take a look. So, so him be my number seven and Josh, I'll kick it back over to you unless you have anything. sohan related. I don't
0: have anything so hand related, but I always forget to look at comments. We actually traded a first round pick for Jerry. Really? Mr. Welch. Did we we really trade a first round pick for him?
1: That's bad. I think it
0: was Celtics, right? Ricky, let let us know if that was the Celtics.
1: I think, I think we traded with the Celtics for Mr. Yuri Welch. Oh my gosh. For that tennis player. (laughs) This is giving me Capono, oh man, Luke Jackson. we got to yeah, keep going. Imagine all
0: bad. the guys that we were like, oh, yeah, that's a knockdown three-point shooter.
1: They probably made like 200 career threes combined. Maybe. I'll tell you what, this is their NBA, man. If they played now, they might have actually been able to flourish. Back then, they were oh, still playing. So that's the reason why all stuff. these
0: guys didn't succeed. Um, <laughs> that's,
1: that's right. Cavs didn't miss. It just wasn't their time yet.
0: <laughs> man, unreal. If only Jason... Man, Luke Jackson, that's another name. He was like a top 15 pick from Oregon, right? Yep, Oregon. Oregon. We're like way off tangent right now. Where'd Jason Capona go? UCLA? UCLA, yep. Man, the random shit that I have stuck in. Like, how how do I know that? I don't know. But I couldn't tell you a lot of things that are not sports-related. All right, back to the topic. I'm actually at number seven. I'm the same as Seth, Jamie Sohan. He... His he has the length he has the d- defense i hope he can sh- sh- sort of shot create but i'm it was mainly against bigger guys when he was at baylor so i don't know how that would translate to the nba where he's going to go up against much of the same like guys that are not only the same height as him but will probably be faster than him he's 69 230 pounds at this point, like I like I said, you're not going to get all three traits from the majority of these guys at number fourteen. So I'm fine with taking him and hoping that. Uh, see, but his three point shot is twenty nine point twenty nine point six percent. That scares me again. But then he has the defense. So I don't know. But yeah, we both have him at number seven, and I love his hair. I hope he keeps that blonde hair if he comes to the calves as well. Or diet maybe diet gold. Mm-hmm. Screw like the yellow blonde. We want gold gold. Isn't it isn't the new, new logo like uh metallic gold? But yeah, we both have Jerry S'han number seven. And I guess I'll go for Seth's been going first, so I'll switch it up. Number eight, Terry Eason, UCLA. He seems like I don't know. I honestly don't know why I only have him at number eight. Now that I think about it, I feel like I sh- he should be higher than Sohan. But uh Eason averaged 17 point, points a game, 36% from three, 6.6 rebounds, one assist. He's 6'8", 215 pounds. He is a guy that can't really go left. Let's be honest. Yeah. If you watch his highlights, he always goes right. So that would obviously be something that NBA – uh Opposing teams in the NBA take advantage of, but he's that guy that can create, shoot, and he's six. He's a six eight forward. I mean, count me in.
1: Yeah, Easton. He uh, he started at Cincinnati, right? I think UC um, freshman year, and then he transferred to LSU, um, and he had a much better year. So he had like a funky year, um, I'm sorry, freshman year at Cincinnati went to LSU and, and had a nice rebound year. So yeah, don't hate the pick. I, I know they're, they're very different. Like I think Easton has a little bit more um, polished than, than Sohan does, but they're both those like six, eight, six, nine defensive minded guys first. So um, yeah, it's, it's not a bad pick at all. He's definitely coming up Uh number eight for me, Josh. And I think this might be the pick that's you, you do it and you feel, okay, this guy's immediately going to be top seven, top eight rotation player, but you're not, you're not going to get wowed by it. And that's the senior. Yes. Senior from Kansas, six, six, Ochi, Abaji, six, six, senior, 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 which is just crazy. To yeah. say.
0: That's <laughs> crazy. Like it's crazy. I, I'll let you continue. It's cause he is my next guy as well. It's crazy. That, like being a senior, like he went to school for four years, he graduated. That's like a huge knock on a guy. I mean, I completely understand it's and literally I guess baseball, it's, the only sport that's not at age isn't really a Mac just because of minor leagues, but in the NFL and NBA age is a that kind of guy. It's crazy to me.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, his, his success in the league is going to be so dependent on where he goes. If, if he has, if he has a, if he's in an offense that has a lot of, you know, playmaking around him and he can stand in the corner and shoot threes, he's probably going to be in pretty good shape. If he's being asked to do any type of creation by himself, it's probably not going to be where he's going to flourish. Um, so he needs to be the guy that's out on a three-point arc. It, his defense isn't as good as you'd probably hope for a guy that doesn't do a lot of playmaking, but I think you take this pick and say, okay, you think this guy's going to you know, be in the league for a long time? He's going to be able to shoot the ball, get those corner threes going, then hopefully get him around the arc a little bit more. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, when you watch college basketball this last year, he he's like one of the better players in, in the entire uh you know in, in the entire tournament you, you look at him and say wow this guy's gonna be awesome but then as you you know dig a little bit deeper into the upside that it's just not really there so I, i'm not gonna steal too much of your thunder because it sounds like you have him right after i just say this is like drafting a left guard you 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 walk away saying you hope he's you hope he's good he's not gonna probably swing your team from like the fifth best to the second best, but you just hope he's a plug and play guy from day one. The Cavs don't have a lot of depth on the wing. So hope he'd, he'd be able to contribute right away. You summed it up perfectly.
0: I, I know we talked about this prior to the podcast. Ochi probably has the highest floor and he's the guy that you, like you just said, you can plug in and play immediately, but he probably has the lowest ceiling of the top 20 guys too. Like he is, he is who he is. I guess is what I'm trying to say. He, I mean, he's where he is 22.2 years old, which is by far the oldest in the draft. And actually, there's all uh, oldest in the fir- of the first round prospects. Put it this way: Ochi is older than Isaac Okoro. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird to think? And we'll talk about this later on too. I guess not too far later. On. We're already 30 minutes in, but Isaac Okoro is still super young. You have to remember that too. We'll talk about that later on though. But yeah, Ochi, his biggest knock, 22.2 years old as as things currently stand. But then again, I mean, he shot six and a half threes. So he has like the attempts, which is what you love to see. Not only did he shoot six and a half threes a game, he shot 40.7% from three. And that's up. He, every year he got better. 30.7, 33.8, 37.7, 40.7. So he not only has like the, attempts up there but a 40 percent shooter from three and like he's um he's not the best defensively but he's not a guy that will be like a guy that you can't have on the floor at the end of the game because he's so bad at defense either but i mean the, i guess at this point if you're we're what eight eight and nine in our big board and that's without eight or nine guys that we know will be drafted before the Cavs, maybe you get, take a guy it's not that home run pick that Chris Fudor mentioned about the Cavs wanting to take, but he's a perfect plug and play guy. High, high floor, low ceiling. I guess I hate NBA draft comparisons, but I think, I think this has been mentioned too already. He, his ceiling is probably Danny green. I don't know if that's a knock necessarily because Danny green's still in the league. He's still starting for the sixers. He's still knocking down threes, but Ochi's ceiling is probably Danny green
1: ex-cavalier great second round pick danny green cut from multiple teams
0: yeah i was gonna say was he great he wasn't great with the Cavs, though
1: no very average he developed he he waited to develop his three-point shot until after cleveland thanks danny green appreciate you bud
0: yeah danny green same with joe harris same with my guy joe joe harris he was nothing for the Cavs, then went to the nets and is getting paid like 20 million a year
1: yeah shout out joe harris saw him in the flats one night he looked a little banged up shout out joe harris
0: (laughs) fun fact Although you live, you live, used to live in Tremont. Although, do you still live in Tremont? I know you used, no, to. used, to. used to, used to live in Tremont. Him and uh, fun facts, like I said, and really random facts Joe Harris and Matthew Della Vadova always went out in Tremont together, they were best friends. My brother always saw him.
1: That's great that they, yeah, I could like Tremont's got this vibe about it. Obviously like Scottish hammer has been known to visit out there. It's a the place you can like get away and it's not, it's not flats, Ohio city, East Fourth, You can, you can like True. sneak away and, and get somewhere in Tremont, and not get hounded, which is pretty sweet.
0: And because I stink at looking at comments and doing a podcast at the same time, Ricky actually answered us. We traded our first round pick to the Celtics. I nailed it. I got Walsh. it right. I got it right oh my gosh Kaz, what are you doing that gm deserves to be fired i don't know who it was way back when but danny Wait, that, might be
1: a, that might have been a danny ferry oh boy
0: oh well that's why he's i don't even think he's in oh is he still with the hawks front office I, I,
1: he was in a little controversy a few years back Dude, something, right. something happened that's with right. old, our boy danny what are we gonna do Who's with the- this uh with this Cleveland sports knowledge, man. Once we're, once we're gone, this is just, what a waste.
0: Oh my God. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to see where we drafted Yuri Welch. How do you even, how do you spell his name? Yeah, it wasn't I believe John it's seven,
1: w- W-E-L-S-C-H, Yuri Welch. I think it's J-I-R-I-W-E-L-S-C-H, I believe. That's, that's like really forcing me to go back, but I believe.
0: All right. Well, while I'm looking this up, go on to your uh, next guy. I just yeah. Finish,
1: yep. I won't steal. I'm sorry, not steal. I'm not going to go too much further back. A guy you had a little bit higher, Dalen Terry, uh, all pack 12 defensive guy. He's lengthy point guard, shooting guard, combo six, seven. Uh, he's skinny, very light needs to, needs to grow, needs to build, um, high steal rate. Like I said, long wingspan. He's the kind of guy you're going to be patient with. But as I said earlier on, man, I'm, I'm completely good with patience. I think, The one takeaway I have right now with the finals is there's going to be an opportunity, I think for, you know, just more talent, like Cavs just straight up need more talent. And I don't care if, if the talent doesn't show up for two years, they just need more talent, you know, I think there's a great nucleus, obviously, with Mobley, Garland, and Allen. They're gonna get better, but they they just need a dude. They they still need a wing type dude. And I think you put put your eggs into a basket at 14 and go. So I'm I'm more than happy with getting a guy like like Dalen that's gonna take a year or two, but he might be a guy.
0: Man, Dalen, he's my guy. And I I'm non texting me again, Jeff Namina. He said Jalen Williams and Dalen Terry are his guys. I'm completely okay with that, honestly. Or Malachi, like we keep discussing it. Though it's crazy that we're so excited about the 14th pick. But like I said, picks nine through 20 or nine through 25 are like this guy could literally go 10 or this guy can go 19 or 20. That's I feel like. I guess it's me just being like a Cleveland fan too. The Cavs are just in a really good spot at 14. I don't. I don't know. But on with that, you had Daylon Terry there. I, my 10th guy, I know that you knocked him off your big board prior to this uh, podcast. Marjan Beauchamp. Marjan, my bad. Marjan Beauchamp. Um, G League. He didn't play in college. I don't know. He's one of those guys. I don't know. It's the G League's interesting because, like, you don't know how. As are going to translate, like if if his dad would his stats have been better if he played college basketball and wasn't getting paid to pay in the to play in the G League, I don't know. It's just one of those things where like, I don't know. I guess I'm going to draft the trust the draft experts on that. But I mean, he 21, almost 22 years old, six six and a half. He is represented by Clutch, which might be he's the I think he's the only first round. Pick prospects that is represented by clutch maybe that means something maybe it doesn't but i feel like i'll also guy when we've already eliminated eight or nine prior to this that's probably not good news to the Cavs.
1: yeah we're getting down there uh my 10th last eason so you already talked about it. i'm not going to draw it out we're getting to the point like obviously the 10th guy after eight to 10 have already gone. I'm not like dying for Eason. I'm not dying for Sohan. I want offense. I want wing help. I want a guy who's going to end up being a, a top end prospect. So I'm okay with being patient. That's my, that's my guy. I, I didn't name a guy, but that's my, those are my traits, Josh, that I'm looking for.
0: There we got it. Terpy gaming. I know you, he, Terpy gaming commented a lot to like four weeks ago, two podcasts ago, he disappeared last week, but he's back. There's our. I know I had Easton a little higher. I'm sorry. I'm just catching up on comments. Um, The 14th pick, obviously, it's the most important one. It's the one that the Cavs will probably be able to draft a guy that can help immediately, most likely. But it's also important to remember that the Cavs have two second-round picks, 39 and 55, 54, 55, which goes to Ricky. Again, will we use both picks, or will we use them – To package together and move up into the second round, I feel like they would use number 39 if they trade the second one. Unless, I mean, it's not too rare that you see, I don't, maybe it is, maybe it does happen more often than you think that you package two second round picks together to move up and draft in the second round. Am I right in that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's much more. It's much more frequent in the NFL, I think. Like we don't, I don't see a lot of consolidation trades in the NBA. Like fifty-two and forty-two to thirty-eight. That's that's such an NFL thing. You know, we get the trade mm-hmm. value. NBA doesn't seem like it does it as much. At least not that I've noticed.
0: So I would think that they would draft at thirty-nine because you could still possibly get a contributor there this season. And if they trade the second second round pick, it would be for a future pick. But. Three rookies on a team that's already this young. I mean, we know that the Cavs are like this fifth or sixth youngest team in the NBA, I think. And that's including Kevin Love and Ed Davis on the roster. So do we need three more young guys? I don't know. There's, There comes a point where like it's good to be young, but then you have too
1: many youngsters, if that makes sense. Yeah, and there's something about. You know, there's something about having those like guaranteed contracts on like the Cavs. You know, if they sign Colin Sexton, they're going to be getting really, really tight with that luxury line, depending on where his numbers end up at. So there's there's always some funny cap stuff going on. Maybe they don't want the guaranteed guys um, on their roster. So that's something to watch, you know, something to watch out for. The capologists much smarter than us are making those decisions. But I would be weary about having three rookies just based on them getting close to that that tax, even though I, I understand second round picks don't make a lot.
0: Yeah, two things. One, Fedor also mentioned that on the chase down. The Cavs do not want to go into the tax. Yes, Dan Gilbert is the second richest owner in American sports. It's not about that. It's the fact that if you go into the tax now, it starts it starts the timer and they go into the repeater tax and then like 3 years down the line when you're a legitimate championship contender hopefully you're not only in the repeater tax. You're like every every million that you bring in, you're paying $3 million in tax. So I think it's one of those things where the Cavs, they're fine with going into the tax, but they don't want to go into the tax because of the repeater tax, which they want to start that clock later, if that makes sense.
1: Does that make sense? Yep, 100%. And the, the penalty just gets worse and worse the longer you're in it, like Golden State. I think their their luxury tax is more than their actual like base salary because they they've been in it so long so they're paying out the out the wazoo so yeah that's totally what happens if you money. pay dream on dream what you do yep yep and Ricky I just had to go check my Danny Ferry reference oh seven Danny Ferry was the Cavaliers GM um, at the time of the Uri Welch trade in the first so that I got a fact check Ricky. that Jim Paxton was not our GM I don't believe according to Wikipedia so as oh, I said though, everything's right on Wikipedia. And yeah, boom, that's right. As, as I said, though, this Cleveland sports knowledge, where does it go? Why don't I hey, know more things? Hey, fun that's fact, though, because
0: I, I looked up. Sorry, I didn't. For some reason, you stopped talking, but you, that was weird because I went to the reference page and you stopped talking, but then I came back and your mouth was still moving. So maybe it's my headphones or something. Sorry for interrupting you. But fun fact, because I went to the 2002 NBA draft when Yuri Welch was uh, drafted. Who was the number one pick in the 2002 NBA draft? I will give you a hint. It was the Houston Rockets.
2: In a world infatuated with comic fandom, comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys.
1: We are the Canned Air Podcast.
2: Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators as well as some of the voice and screen
1: actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on candairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. O2. Oh, yeah. Yao Ming. No way, did you cheat? No. Damn, dude, it Did was. It? it was Yao. <laughs> there we go, baby. I was between, I was thinking Francis, Steve Francis, but I'm like, no, Francis was drafted earlier than that. And then for some reason, I remember Yao with it like an 02 just somewhere in my brain. Yeah.
0: Speaking of NBA 2K, the cheat code in NBA 2K, Yao Min. <laughs> Defensively, offensively, just throw it up to him. But yeah, when I looked that up, 2002, Yao Min. I mean, there's the Cavs drafted in 2002 And number six, Dewan Wagner. That turned into a, a dud. You know, his son, talk about feeling old, by the way, Dewan Wagner Jr. is number one prospect in high school basketball this year. Isn't that crazy? No, wait, it might not be this year. Maybe it's ne- I think he's in Brownie this last, and maybe it's next year. But like, I was like, holy cow. I remember his dad. It's I'm, I'm only 31, but I'm like to the age now where like, I remember the, pa- the dad's playing of the kids that are now high school prospects. It's super weird.
1: Yeah, Kenyon Martin, Scottie Pippen, Junior, Junior. Yeah, I mean, Dwight Wagner had some of the most iconic like high school stories you ever heard. Like this, he was dropping hundred points in high school. Like he was, he was the like a phenom. So yeah, it's it's bizarre, and man.
0: Carlos Boozer now has two kids that I think are sophomores or juniors
1: that are killing it in high school asphalt too. Oh, and Carlos Boozer doesn't seem that old. No, well, he's maybe a little. Old when he did the spray paint with his bald head thing. But other <laughs> <than> that... <laughs> he was hoping his kids don't have to do that yeah well speaking of the draft I i was hoping to run down the uh the number 14 pick and give a little history on 14 pick real quick so yes yes um just every draft is different so take this with a grain of salt but i think it's just interesting to look back and say hey you know what have the number 14 picks been you know within the last decade you know see see what type of player teams have gotten with the number 14 pick and just like the rest of the nba draft it's all over the board but I think the good news, if you're a Cavaliers fan, there's some talent here. There's some very talented guys that you look back and say, wow, they're, you know, some of these guys do drop and just takes, you know, the right environment for them to flourish. So I'm going to go back and give the last 10 players drafted at number 14, very recognizable names throughout 2011 Marcus Morris, senior 2012, John Henson, ex Cavalier. Great shot blocker. John Henson. Great. I love how you included (laughs) great in that. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not watching on YouTube, I did the air quotes, so just just remember that. <laughs> 2013, Shabazz Muhammad. 2014, TJ Warren, who could be a fit for the Cavaliers this offseason with free agency, TJ Warren. TJ Warren's and we can talk about this after the draft, but he's an interesting one because he hasn't played in two years. Yep. Yeah, showed some amazing flashes in the bubble, some great scoring ability, but he, he no doubt he's, he's going through it on the injury front. 2015, Campaign. 2016, Denzel Valentine, another ex-Cavalier. 2017, Bam Adebayo, arguably, arguably one of the best defenders in the entire Dude, league. Oh,
0: my gosh. I need a Bam.
1: We need a Bam. We need a Bam at 14. 2018, Michael Porter Jr., I think we all remember him sliding. He was in the green room looking around. Everyone was wondering when he's going to go. He just signed a near-max extension with the Nuggets. So MPJ number 14 in 2018, obviously, to the Nuggets. 2019, Romeo Langford went to the Celtics. 2020, Aaron Naismith went to the Celtics. We saw a little bit of Aaron Naismith in the finals um, a couple of games ago. We'll see if if he plays in the, in a half hour here for – game six tip. And then just last year, a kid who showed some promise, Moses Moody uh, to the Warriors at 14. So there's some hits in there, right? I, I mean, when you think about TJ Warren, bam, Michael Porter Jr., you know, three of those guys are, are standout. There's another couple that are kind of average. And then the other, you know, handful are, are, you know, bad or, or you'd expect a little bit more. So it's all over the board. A few things from that. So Michael Porter Jr.
0: supposed to be, he would have been without back issues. He would have been a top Five pick i'd say in that draft but there's a guy in this draft who continues to fall down mock drafts with injury concerns yep that hopefully will fall to number 14 that's aj griffin who is number one at top our uh, big board for guys available i don't that's my dream if they drafted aj griffin my goodness i might just happen i don't know what you're we'll have to discuss this i don't know what you're, you're doing next thursday night but if they draft A.J. Griffin, I might just do an emergency podcast by myself, even if you're not here.
1: Yeah, that that would be immediate, like, okay, time to get together and think about this roster and rotations, because that would be some fun. That would be fun. Super
0: Bowl, Super Cavs, right?
1: Isn't that the saying, that Ken Carvin said? Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: And then that, it's crazy that the Celtics have used two number 14 picks in the last three years on Romeo Langford and Naismith, who Langford, I don't even think is with the team anymore. He might be, but if he is, he's 14th or 15th guy in the roster. And Naismith, who, like, isn't a big contributor. I would love to look back, I'm not going to do it now, and see who who was, like, picks 15 through 20, if they could have helped. I mean, the Celtics are in the finals, and they waste, basically, I'll admit it, they probably wasted their two 14, number 14 picks in 19 and tw- or 20 and 21, whatever it was. Nineteen twenty,
1: Yeah. N- neither guy is giving them any sort of minutes. I mean, Na- Naismith is a guy who they might bring off the bench in garbage time, but yeah, I mean, a championship level team, neither of those players have played and uh, Langford's on the Spurs now. So yeah, no, no contribution there. That's obviously.
0: crazy. That's crazy to me. I'm, I'm right now. I'm jealous of Boston just because they I mean, one, they're in the finals too. They had Jason Tatum and, I don't, I don't want to say I'm jealous of Boston, though. I hate Boston fans. I don't want to ever say I'm jealous of Boston, but they have a really good team. Um. Yeah, thanks for breaking that down. The for, I hope we get a guy closer to Bama bio. I guess that the closest thing to him would be Mark Williams, who we did not, neither of us include on our big board. Center from Duke, who he's not only a center, but he had some incredible measurements. He had like a, I don't know, his his span was something crazy. I forget the exact number. That's another thing, though. Mark, would you the Cavs badly need a backup center? I know that you you had Ty Ty Washington backup point guard on your list. Would you be okay with the Cavs taking Mark Williams if he drops to fourteen?
1: Yeah, man, that's tough. I, mm, man, I don't know.
0: He says that Kevin Love is no longer with the Cavs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I have no like rationale behind this, but for some reason I'm more okay with a backup point guard at 14 than I am a backup center. I, that probably doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why, but that's just kind of where I'm at. I, but like that being said, not having a, a good backup center really cost the Cavs last year too. I mean, they were, you know, they, they didn't have, they, they played, um, I'm sorry, who the name's escaping me. The 33 year old from UNC, they got a, you know, got some spot minutes, he could rebound well, but he was basically the Ed Davis. Ed Davis, I apologize. Yeah, we gave Ed no, Davis good. meaningful minutes last year, and I, yeah, I, I, to answer your question, I, yes, if they think he's good enough to take to forego a wing opportunity, then sure, let, let's roll.
0: Yeah, I know his. I he was Duke's starting center. His measurements were incredible. I it's just one of those things, just like backup point guard. I don't know if you want to invest your fourteenth pick and a guy who's ceiling. I guess not ceiling. Cause Jared Allen has four years left on his five-year deal, but basically he's going to be a back, his ceiling and turn his rookie
1: contract is backup center. I don't know if you want to invest a 14 pick in that. Yeah. He's not going to supplant the all-star center that the Cavs have and, and Jared Allen and Allen's a pretty durable guy. He had that weird, you know, finger issue, but it's not like he's, it's not like he's constantly sitting out 25, 30 games a season. So yeah, I, I, it would, that one would sting to, to me, to be honest, it, it would hurt a lot, but um, you know, like we said at the beginning, you, you trust in Cavs brass, they, they've got the engine going over there. So well, I'm going to, I'll be honest. I'm going to talk myself into whatever the heck they do just to keep it real. So uh, I'll get there True that I'll True get that. there.
0: I will. I'm hashtagging Kobe. I trust.
1: Yeah, we keep saying it. And I mean, hey, he's hit, right? I mean, Darius Garland. I mean, when you hit when you take a, a you know, a, a all-star point guard at, at five um, and a lot of people gave him a lot of crap for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll trust in Kobe. Always anything else. I mean, I, Isaac Okoro.
0: We can talk about this after the draft because we're still going every other week. Uh, Actually, I guess the draft next week, so we might be on next week. We'll discuss that as well. Um, Isaac Okoro, speaking of the 2022 NBA draft, I mean he's 21 and a half years old. If he was in this draft, he'd still not He wouldn't be one of the oldest guys in the draft, which is crazy to think. Just because I mean a lot of us, a lot of Cavs fans have given up on Isaac. Let's be honest, but always remember he's 21 and a half. So he still has time to develop. He's nowhere near his prime. I'm not saying that he's gonna become this dynamite shooter, but just remember, he is 21 and a half years old and he's been in the league for two years. So just whenever you give Isaac some slander, and I saw somewhere, some anonymous cat source said that he's been looking really good this offseason. I don't know if I really, I guess I take that with a grain of salt, but just talking about the two, 2022 NBA draft, just always remember that Isaac Okoro is 21 and a half years old too.
1: It's hard to believe because we, we've seen you know two full years with him. It feels like he's been in Cleveland for like three or four years already, but yeah, it does. <laughs> My first now.
0: thought when someone said he's 21 and a half, I was like, wait, he's been with the Cats for like three or four years. How's he only 21?
1: It's yeah. crazy that he's only been with the Cats for two years, yeah. And he was he was highly thought of. I mean, he obviously the Cats picked him extremely high, um, in, in the draft, but some some folks had him like top two top three like some of the draft experts loved him and to your point you don't want to get you don't want to give up on him too early um I think this year's a big year for him it's a huge year for him to be candid um but even even if he doesn't you know, overwhelm you this year, like, yeah, let's be patient. I mean, physically, he's got it, and, and now he's just got to work on the volume. Like, even percentage-wise, he went way up this year. Free throw, three-point, percentages were way up. He's just got to get that volume going. Uh, we saw what happened in the Hawks game. No one wanted to guard him. Just get that volume up, Okoro, and, you know, let's get it going. Yes.
0: I mean, imagine if Okoro turns into, like, 70% of the prospect we want to be, which is knock down corner threes, still be good defensively, and become much more of a slasher. Man, that could be an, an even bigger contributor to the Cavs next season than whoever they pick at 14, honestly.
1: That's what's so exciting about this team. Because I know we've we focused the first 45, 50 minutes on the draft, but man, the the internal, what Kobe always likes to say, the internal growth, I mean, it's, it's kind of a buzzword. Like if I'm a, if I'm a shit team, like, I don't know the magic, I might say that a lot and like roll my eyes, but with this Cavs team, it's real. I mean, Evan Mobley internal growth year two, big deal. Internal growth, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, a young Karis LaVerta, young Jared Allen, a young Laurie marketing. These guys are all young, man. This internal growth could be a serious game changer for them. So I'm just, I'm just excited, man. Like we're going to get a top 14 pick, which is sweet, but we're also going to get internal growth from all these guys who are like really good. So it's just, just great. I can't wait.
0: Not only internal
1: growth and another off season to play together and get stronger and
0: improve, but internal health. I mean, imagine this team. I remember when we first started doing this podcast, the Cavs were projected to be a number one seed in the East. And that was when they were healthy. I mean, they still won a high, I forget how many games, 47, 48, 49, something like that. Right. They win like 47 games. Yeah. Imagine if they were healthy, though. I don't. You can say they, they weren't going to go far in the playoffs, but just, man, if they can just stay healthy. I think that's the biggest. I mean, we have plenty of offseason to talk about this. The biggest factor next season, stay healthy. Imagine this team with no additions, which we know that won't happen. There will be the additions to this team. Imagine this team if they just stay healthy, honestly. Darius Garland has a healthy back. Jarrett Allen doesn't break his finger. Literally every player can keep contributing on the roster. I can go down a list and say why he missed part of last season.
1: Yep. Continuity. Hopefully the Cavs are getting to a point where they're, they're getting into that continuity phase. Now where going to have the young guys playing together. Roster is a little bit more defined, a little bit more set and yeah, just, I mean, hopefully they paid for it this year. You know, law of averages. If, you know that Cavs were obviously way over the median point in terms of injuries lost, key guys to injuries lost. Next year needs to be a light year and let's roll the ball out and go, man. It's uh, I, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're a week away from the draft. One week, one Game week six. Out. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: I know we talked a lot about the 14th pick, but at 39, I think my go-to guy at 39, which I don't think he'll he he will drop. I would love it if he does drop. Andrew Nemhard point guard Gonzaga. I think he, I know we talked about backup point guard we don't want to talk about too much of this cause it's a second round pick, but I think he is, it, I, it, it would be a home run pick at 39 if they can draft Nemhard because I think he can be instant, instantly inserted into the backup point guard position. And he's a guy that even if, I mean, if the Cavs bring back Ricky Rubio, which a lot of, there's a lot of rumors where he will come back. There's some where he won't namhard's a perfect guy too because he can be the backup point pg2 is what they call him backup point guard until december or so when rubio comes back and then drop down to bg PG, pg3 and have R- ricky rubio be the backup point guard i just backup point guard's interesting because yes rubio would be a good fit we saw that last year but if, if rubio is out until at least December, which is all reports are saying that he is with that torn ACL, the same ACL he tore a few years ago, who else are you going to be able to bring in to give Darius Garland some help? I mean, we all know that Darius Garland needs some help at backup point guard. So are you going to be able to bring in like a veteran free agent that you're going to say, Hey, from late October to December, you're the backup point guard after December, you might not be in the rotation anymore. I don't think that's possible. I don't think a backup or I don't think a veterans that do that. So my home run pick at 39 is Andrew Nemhard, Gonzaga. I don't know if you have one in the second round or not, but that's mine.
1: And Seth is currently nope, I'm frozen. I was frozen. I was oh, frozen. you're frozen. That was weird because for me, you were still moving. I was like, huh, I wonder what he's doing. Sorry about that. Frozen. Um, yeah. The, the, the only question I have. So. Nemhard, Cavaliers, RJ Nemhard. I wonder if they're like cousins or something. Or are they brothers? And I'm just completely lost in the soup. Because RJ Nemhard was uh, he was on a few contracts with the Cavs as of late. And I'm wondering if Andrew is related. I
0: never put two and two together. Yeah. I don't know if they're related or not. Huh.
1: I'll have to look that up after the fact. Um, you know what? No, I, I think what I'm interested in the second round picks is gonna be do they do they do something with them? Uh, that, that's what I'm kind of curious about, because as you said earlier, they're so young, so could very much see both if, if you know, the, the one second round pick is obviously in the thirties, the other one, the very tail end wouldn't be surprised at all if, if one, or if not two of those second round deals are dealt for future picks. Uh, so no, I, I'm, I'm interested. I don't have a guy, I've, I've kind of focused on top 20, you know, 15, top 20. Um, I'll be all ears for, for what happens next. And now I got to go figure out if RJ and Andrew are related. So that's, that's my homework right now.
0: I never put tunes together until you said that by the way. And by the way, we've reached the hour mark. I feel like I, no matter how little or how much we have to talk, we always reach an hour no matter what. How? How is that possible?
1: It's like it's like a therapy session. I don't know. It's like I'm going on the couch and getting comfortable every every other week we're we're going long.
0: Oh man. All right. So, draft is a little less than a week away. It's eight forty-five on this Thursday night. Draft is next week Thursday. It's all Thursday night. It's not like the NFL draft where it's a three-day affair. Cast of three picks right now. Fourteen is obviously the most important, most crucial. It'll be interesting to see what Kobe and company do with at fourteen. Hopefully, some guys draft that we don't expect to draft. If not, there's still going to be plenty of talent there at fourteen. Let's be honest we we just talked over an over an hour about it as always i trust in kobe and i know seth does too but seth any final thoughts before we get going here
1: i got two words final thoughts Usman, jang
0: i was trying to when you said i was trying to think of the two words i was like (laughs) interesting i that that'd be the home run guy that i don't know it was just like i said picks nine through twenty are so like Anything can happen, which is why Thursday nights would be super exciting because outside of the top, like the top eight, you kind of know these guys are going to go top eight. Number nine prospect can go number 18, number 18 prospect can go number nine. That's what's going to make it so exciting, honestly. But for those of you that joined us live, we appreciate it. Ricky and um, why can I think of gaming? Derpy Gaming, Ricky and Derpy Gaming, who commented on YouTube a lot. We appreciate you. We will always feature your comments. We'll try to answer as many as we can. We'll talk about Yao Ming and the 2002 NBA draft and Yuri Welch. Whatever Thanks, whatever the commenters want, honestly. But for those of you that join us live, we appreciate it. For those of you that are listening to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we appreciate you as well. Seth and I will likely be back here either th- Thir- maybe thursday night seth how are you feeling thursday night that'd be a late one though
1: yeah maybe we'll we'll be we'll be chatting discord and we'll see we'll see
0: <laughs> yeah so next week is to be determined but at the very least we'll be on here eventually to talk nba draft i promise talk about the guys that dad's picked maybe talk about the guys that Cavs traded for who the heck knows until then and as always go calves
1: go calves